0: Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world.
1: Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Vince Ricciopo. Vince is an international speaker, leadership development consultant and coach, president of Center for Expert Performance, and a best selling author of the book Expert Performance. Achieving Extraordinary Results with the Team You Have, Guaranteed. The book, Expert Performance, is a culmination of over 20 years of consultation and research containing inspirational examples and interviews with people who are extraordinary leaders who know how to bring out the best in themselves and in the people and teams they lead. Vince, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thanks much. Glad to be here. So Vince, tell us a little bit about, I mean, 20-some years of experience. So this is obviously not your first rodeo in terms of consulting and coaching and really getting to the heart of what is expert performance. So when we dive into the book, share a little bit, if you will, about your background and how that informed what went into the book.
0: I think what most informed the book was my experiences when I was at IBM. My first years at IBM, I had a lot of success doing external consulting and then project management, and then I decided to go to what I would call at that time the dark side, which was sales. I didn't know how to sell, and I struggled with it a great deal. Eventually, I was given the opportunity to leave the company. I wasn't forced, but I was given the opportunity to leave with a nice buyout. IBM had had a downturn in their business, so I got a chance to leave with a great buyout, as I said. And then I started doing some work on expertise and uncovering expert performance. And that was through the training from neuro-linguistic programming. The neuro- linguistic programming helped me to pull out the tacit knowledge that sits behind every bit of expertise. And one of my first engagements was with Discover Card. When I was working with Discover Card, we actually modeled the high-performing salespeople at Discover Card And then took that expertise, that model, and gave it to other people, taught other people how to do the same kind of selling as those people who were experts. As a result, what we saw, which I thought was really very, very interesting, is that within 90 days, we saw a 38% increase in sales of the people with whom we were working And then there was one individual, I'll I'll never forget this guy. He was worried about losing his job. He had just seen the guy next to him in the next territory lose his job and be put into a customer service role instead of a sales role. His salary was cut in half. And this guy was very, very worried. And his sales at that time, since he was relatively new, were about half of what the sales should have been. So he was selling half of his quota. Within that 90 days, he doubled his sales, and then he decided he wanted to be promoted, and in another 90 days, doubled them again and was promoted. So that's where I really got interested in this, and then I've been doing this kind of work and uncovering expertise for years of project managers, organizational teams, leadership, etc. So that's been the, the background of where I got involved in expert performance.
1: So. If we can kind of go back just a little bit. So how did you decide or what prompted you, what moment of insight, as you were given this great opportunity at IBM to take your toolbox and go somewhere else, how did you settle in on NLP, Neurolinguist Programming? I had been taking some courses on NLP,
0: which showed the patterns of expertise for people. For example, Expertise in how people changed, expertise in how people got over phobias. There was a lot of patterns. The basic process behind NLP is the discovery of modeling of expertise of people. And I saw some of my colleagues using this modeling expertise, and I decided I want to learn how to do it. So I took courses on it, learned how to do the modeling of expertise. The first model I actually did was on people who were high-performance strategic thinking folks. Very interesting. Very interesting. These people did some unexpected things. For example, they would dissociate from the situation and then they would generate options for the future. And I think the, other, the third piece that was very interesting about strategic thinkers was that they were never concerned about an exact outcome. They were always concerned about making the situation better than it was. So their goal was always to make the situation better. They generated variables, or I guess you would call them scenarios, and each one of those scenarios then was used to be tested in their minds into the future, and then they chose the best one. So that's how I got started very early on with that through NLP and through some of my early trainings that I had.
1: Was this a coaching program, an education program, psychology I'm curious how you found the program and I've heard NLP before we've had a couple of guests on that they are practitioners. And so I've always very interested in, in this particular modality? Well, NLP was originally started by three gentlemen who were
0: trying to figure out basically how therapists got people to change so quickly. And as they began to talk to different therapists, I think the names were Virginia Satir, Albert Ellis, I want to say, and Milton Erickson. So those are the three therapists that they based their work on. And they began to discover patterns that these people use to create high-performance, I guess you'd call it high-performance change in their clients. Milton Erickson, for example, was probably the most well-known psychiatrist for getting people to change who other people could not get to change. He he cured a lot of people that others could not. That whole genre then generated a number of what we call patterns, patterns of performance. So you think about neurolinguistic. The the two gentlemen who started it, one was talking about their background rather. The background of the one gentleman was in neuroscience and the other one was in Computer programming. So that's why they call it neuro linguistic programming. The idea is to use patterns of words, patterns of sentences, patterns of phrasings to create the different outcomes. And they began to discover a number of different outcomes that one could use to create change in others. That's part of being a practitioner. And they teach things like patterns of communication, like what we call framing. How do you frame words? For example, when you go to an art museum and you see a beautiful picture, and if you saw a really, really ugly frame on it, it could actually ruin the effect of the picture. However, if you have a beautiful frame on something, it can enhance a picture. Well, the idea behind vocal framing is to teach people how to say the words that frame whatever messages they want in the way that they want it. That's in my book in the section called Power of Influence. I wanted to find out what it was that was behind the expertise of these high performers. And that's when I started taking the classes, these classes where we actually went through the processes of pulling out the expertise of individuals. We learned language patterns to pull these out. For example, Howard, if I were to ask you what is important to you in your work, by asking you that question, I'm pulling out from you, what it is you are motivated to do. This is your motivation, and it's a core motivation. It'll be consistent across every single aspect of your life, believe it or not. And then we create strategies from that. In other words, we think about how we're going to implement our belief system, and then we have our behaviors.
1: As you're doing your work, so you're, again, you know, getting- the men you've been at this many years and as you're working with clients i mean they come in all different shapes and sizes they all present with different kinds of issues that they are hoping to solve are you consistently then using this experience and and this expertise in nlp to help them make whatever the changes that they share with you this is what we'd like to solve or perhaps they you know sometimes we The problem is not really the problem. There's something else going on. But in your work, you're helping to help them, the executive, the leader, the team, discover what their issues are using these techniques and then to come out the other end with some type of resolution.
0: Let me give you an example. Working with a client today who has an engineering business, they do engineering. They are very good at their science. They do a lot of mathematical calculations. For example, if they're putting in a landfill, they know exactly how it should be built and what the calculations are, how much refuse they can put into a landfill before it starts to sag. So they, they know these things, they have tremendous resources to, to model this. What that same kind of resource is not being used, that same science is not being used for the development of their people. We've been working with them to model, capture the expertise of the high performance of their, for example, their people that are what we call independent engineers, that means they can operate without much direction. We're also looking at the next level of people, which are at the level where they're selling business as well as doing it. So we're finding out what their expertise is and how they're doing. So the idea is to capture the best, the 20% that makes the 80% of the difference, and then pass that on to other people in the organization. There's other tools and techniques and software that we use to help do that. So I think your comment was on Target, that we're trying to understand what's going on with the client, perhaps why they're not performing the way they they could, or how do they accelerate their performance over the the coming years?
1: Okay. And in working with these kinds of clients, when did you begin to say, you know, it's important to capture these stories. And I, I really, I love the fact that you used just a minute ago, Howard, can I share an example with you? Because stories are so powerful and we learn better When we hear stories, we can be told something, we can read something, but if somebody shares a story, somehow the activity in the brain starts to make these connections and they resonate for us and we remember them. As you have been doing this work and you're gathering up these stories, when did this idea of this book, Expert Performance, begin to raise up into your consciousness. Now it's on your landscape of something you want to put together and achieve. When people ask me, how long did it take to write the book? I said, 11
0: years. They say, wow, that's truly a long time. I said, no, no. It took me 10 years to think about it and one year to write it. That's when I met a coach named Sarah Victory. She's been incredible. Give a little plug for her today. Sure. She helped me put together the book. And within an hour, I had an outline because the information was all there. And then it was just a matter of discipline. So every month I would take and write a chapter of the book. And I think I've seen the work of, as you have, you and I've talked about this many times about the work of Patrick Lencioni right. and how he tells stories and how he simplifies things. I love how he does that. Things are very simple. People can remember it. And that yet underneath it is a profoundly complex way of consulting. My idea was then to add a lot of stories to talk about facts, present some teaching, but yet tell the stories that go with it. And then it's just a philosophy of mine. Whenever I've been speaking, whenever I've talked to people, the stories probably resonate the most with folks. They remember those things most.
1: As you were then writing the book, I mean, you've got you've got the introduction and you've got another 11 full chapters in the conclusion. How did you start to organize this book? And, you know, why, you know, for example, Hire the Best, that was right after the introduction. That's chapter number two Train for Success, Engage and Grow Your Employees, et cetera, et cetera. How did you arrive at these chapters? Was there a particular order? And I'm going to make the assumption you'll share with if I'm correct or not. Each one of these chapters is itself contained and there's stories to support the reasoning behind these chapters. Right. I wrote the book thinking of it in order. In other words, as a leader,
0: that we have to have certain capabilities. If, for example, you played sports. I don't know, Howard, if you played sports. I used to play sports. I'm also a musician. We spend a lot more hours practicing than we ever do playing a game or performing as a musician. Just That's the way it is you yeah. spend a lot of hours, hours and hours and hours. The Anders Ericsson in the book Peak talks about the work of violinists. If you want to be a virtuoso violinist, you will have practiced about 7,000 hours before you get even into college. And before you can get on the stage, you've gone another 3,000 hours of practice. It's a tremendous amount of work, for example, to be a virtuoso. Now, we don't need to have that much study of expertise and everything, but because everybody else is working that hard, you need to be working that hard. So the idea behind the book then was to help leaders understand what it is they need to practice to become extraordinary and achieve extraordinary results. Each chapter then begins, with, well, the book begins with hiring. If we are good at hiring, naturally, that's the first step, getting great people on, on, on into your organization. Next chapter talks about training for success, which is really part of the onboarding process. The next chapter is, now I have to go through and remember all the chapters. <laughs> oh, it's about an engagement, right?
1: Yes, and, engage your, and grow your employees. Right,
0: engage and grow your employees. See, sometimes I even have to go back and look through the book myself
1: to find out, what did I write? You know, this is full honesty here, you know, Vince, this is, you know, we're, we're, we're just recording this. We're not going to edit any of this out. This is full honesty. This is so what do you want to know about my childhood? I know I'm not going to talk about
0: that. <laughs> Yeah. So, 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 so the process of training for success, Howard, I will tell you that when I'm working with clients, sometimes I go over to the box where I have extra books and I pull one out and say, okay, what do we need to talk about to this guy now?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I can see going into a client engagement. I mean, they, they call us in, you mean, you're a coach, a consultant, I'm a coach, a consultant they come to us because they have a problem. Now sometimes the problem is the problem. Sometimes the problem is not the problem, but we still have to go in and ask questions. And then it and then kind of going back to this book, you know, once you have ascertained this is what the client is presenting, these are some of the things I think they can use my help with. You can almost like this book each, these chapters is kind of self-contained in a way. It is. That's the
0: idea, that anyone can come to a different area and say, for example, I spent a lot of time on the chapter five of the power of strengths. See, Now I'm looking at it, I can actually tell you which chapter it is. It's called the power of strengths. I spent a lot of time on the power of influence, which is chapter eight. That influencing piece is so critical for so many leaders, and they don't practice that enough. I think there's about 15 or different, maybe 15 to 20 different kinds of activities that they can do around that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice this too, hard. that I also have uh, assessments that that, that people can take for each one of these chapters. Those assessments are available on my website, and that's uh, www.expertperformance.com. And those assessments can be taken. It's free. I don't capture names. You can take it and understand how well you're performing. And then if you want to have a conversation with me about it and how do you improve that or go buy the book, you can find it right there in the book on how to improve your performance. So the idea behind the book then was to give somebody on each one of these sections an opportunity to practice. If you want to be better at influence, if you want to be able to to get more top performance out of people or find the bright shining stars or training for success, whatever that might be, you can find it and be able to practice these items. And practice means deliberate practice, meaning stretching yourself. That means taking something, then learning a little bit more. Like for example, when I was taking music lessons, you take music lessons, then you have to learn something more difficult, then you have to practice more difficult, something more difficult. So I oftentimes walk through this with clients. I have a, a client, and you and I are big fans of the disc, right? Right, and that disc, this person is a high D. And she works in an organization in which most of the people are S and Cs. So for those folks who don't know, that means she's very dominant. She wants to take charge and she has very little patience for other folks. And then I saw so I had to walk through the influencing chapters with her and say, it, because she's not badly intended, she just is so direct, it puts people off. Mm-hmm. And you've probably experienced this too. So we work with those folks to help that individual to understand how to be more effective in having conversations. We talk about framing. Sometimes you need to tell people why you're asking a question.
1: So, you know, actually, it's a good point to ask this question now. So this individual or even the individual you, you you shared about earlier, he was struggling, began working with you, then, you know, achieved a goal in 90 days or maybe it was 30 days, then achieved another goal. Now you've just shared about this individual, high D, very dominant in personality, according to the DISC model. What has been the reaction to the clients as they are working with you? And I mean, again, it's a combination of coaching, consulting, the conversations are going to be slightly different, but what is their reaction as you are introducing this model, these tools, these exercises? <laughs>
0: That's a great question because it varies. So oftentimes you hear people say, oh, that's one of those touchy-feely soft skills. So I was working with a guy. He actually hired me to help in his company. And then he had me help coach some people. When we began to work with one of his people, he was such a high D. He pushed and pushed and pushed to have things done his way. And then I didn't work for him for a while because I think it didn't, Go the way he wanted it to. Then I came back into the organization and started working with another guy. And this guy we started making some progress on. In the meantime, the owner of this company had told one of the people, I don't know, I don't want to work with Vince. That's all that touchy feely stuff. This other guy Ben, got an email, and the owner of the company shared the email. It was effusive about this other guy saying how much, how great he was working with customers. He's made a big difference. And I just had this like one or two phrases. It says, I guess your stuff works. (laughs) That's all he said. And then we became fast, you know, like best buds after that because he turned himself around and understand that the touchy-feely stuff, quote unquote, is so important. Without our people, no company performs well. Without great people, no company performs well. And the more we can elevate folks to high performance levels, the better our companies will be. It's just almost miraculous. This this company that I've been working with for a while that I just mentioned, the owner, has had profitability every single year since its inception, close to 30 years ago, even during the 2008 downturn. I don't know how they'll do now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they still continue to do well. It's just that kind of great people and great organization. They're paying attention. To their people.
1: Speaking of our current situation, and many of the podcasts of late have touched on functioning within this, you know, the glo- this global health crisis that we are in. How can this work that you are doing, the content in this book, help organizations that? Maybe they didn't know this was an issue, but now all of a sudden, you know, we're, we have to either have to totally close our doors, but we or we have to go from a brick and mortar operation to a to a semi or completely virtual operation. Different challenges. How can those individuals and I would imagine you're speaking to some of them as you're doing your sales, that thing you hated to do way back when. You're doing business development and marketing. How? Is your conversation changing with those individuals those, in those opportunities because of this crisis that we're in right now? I have been thinking a lot about
0: how do we make sure that people continue to be engaged. If you think of the definition from the Gallup organization and other organizations about engagement, it simply means, am I, as an employee, willing to, to give discretionary effort to my company. One of the people from Gallup made a great analogy. He says, you know, engaged people are like homeowners. Homeowner walks outside in the yard, sees paper on the yard, picks it up, sees a leak in the basement, gets all upset about it, calls some of the plumber or something buddy to fix the uh, leak in the basement. Those are engaged employees. Those are the people that go the extra mile. They care. They're the ones that change the toner in the copier. They're the ones that that make the, the next pot of coffee. They're the ones that reach out to people when they're having difficulty. The folks that are what they call unengaged are the people like renters. And the renters are the ones that see the paper out in the yard and say, eh, it's not my problem, or the leak in the basement. You know, I'll call the landlord when it's time If it gets my stuff wet in the basement, I really don't care. And then there's the uh, disengaged, which are the folks that are like squatters. So I love that analogy. And then the next conversation was about how many people you need to have engaged to every disengaged person. And at a minimum, it's four to one. So we really need those engaged employees out there. I think one of the, the number one things that anybody can do right now is to reach out to their employees in any way possible to continue the conversations with them. How are you doing? How can I support you? How is your family? Where's your concerns? And really listen for those concerns. So my colleague and I, uh, Dave Masello and I are putting together two two webinars of which we're going to offer to our, our clients. One is on engagement. It's like 12 easy questions and actions you can take to keep people engaged. And we're going to probably make that public too, maybe post it on our website so that people can hear it or actually make it public, do a public offering of that. And then the other one is on the process of mentoring, the mentor series, we call it. The mentor series is not about the traditional mentoring where somebody is the smartest guy in the room and that, that's your mentor. This is about people trained up to bring out the best in everybody, their strengths help them use strengths that maybe are not used in one area of their life uh, that could be. So there's a strength that's in one area that can be used in another area and helping them use those strengths and then augment those strengths with advice and help to make that person a better performer. So I think in this time, we're still concerned about financials. We're still concerned about our our customers. We should be engaging, obviously engaging our customers and
1: engaging our employees really, really strongly. Fantastic. And just curious, when do you expect to have at least this uh, engagement program up and available? I would expect within the next two weeks or so. I
0: think we're still going to be sheltered for a while. My poor daughter was told that she's still on furlough till May 15th. I'm even wondering if that's going to be the case. She'll be able to go back to work. So I think we're going to be in this kind of situation now. This may become part of a new normal. I think
1: that's uh, very much where we are going to be heading. If I was going to put something on a piece of paper in an envelope and say, open this in a year from now, I would say that's part of the, the new normal. And one thing that I would just want to offer to Vince is when that program is up and ready, let's make sure it's available in the show notes for this podcast. So if anyone is interested in taking advantage of it, that we that we do make it available. So absolutely, absolutely do that. Vince, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today's podcast, learning more about you, your background, and of course, this wonderful book. And and I do have to share you know, with our listeners, I mean, I I love this book that Vince has put together. And I'm especially drawn to books that are not only sharing of information, but there's exercises, there's tools to use, there's next steps to take. And rather than, you know, here's my theory of the world, enjoy yourself. But, and I think Vince, that's just a wonderful way to construct a book so that it's usable. And the fact that each one of these chapters in itself is helping your clients, your teams, and individuals solve an issue that they're facing. So really love the way you've structured this book. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? First place is my website, and that is
0: www.expertperformance. Just like it sounds, E-X-P-E-R-T-P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E, for those who are spelling challenged com. I'm glad we have Spellchecker now on our... That software. and
1: Grammarly is my friend, by the way.
0: Those two are amazing. I, that's yes. right. Half of my book was written by Grammarly. And then another place you can find me is I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Please uh, offer to join me on LinkedIn. I'll connect up with you and then we can continue further discussion. And those are probably the two best places. You can find my contact information on my website and you can find it on
1: LinkedIn. It's right there for everybody to see. Fantastic. And also, we'll have the URL to the book page on Amazon. So, we want folks to go out and take a look at the book and hopefully make a purchase for you. They can see my picture, and it's a lot better than I actually look. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're not the best to look at in all honesty. But that background of the beach and the water and the movement behind the scenes is absolutely, I'm like, this is really making this podcast enjoyable, so I have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you,
0: Howard, for the opportunity to be on this podcast. You did, you're, you know, did a great job of this, and and it's
1: made it easy to have a conversation with you. Fantastic, and thank you. I, I, I truly appreciate it. All right, folks, we've just been chatting with Vince Ruchopo. He's a speaker, leadership development consultant, and coach. President of the Center for Expert Performance, and the author of the best-selling book Expert Performance. Achieve Extraordinary Results with the Team You Have, Guaranteed. And definitely go out to Amazon and uh, pick up a copy of the book. Do visit Vince on his website, expertperformance.com, as well. Connect with him on LinkedIn. And really, I mean, this is a, a, a good guy. This is good information that he is providing here. And this book is, is amazing, let me tell you. And I just you know, hope you do take advantage of it. Also, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you know, we want to hear your feedback as well. So if you're on our website, successinsightpodcast.com, please add a comment to this particular episode. You can visit us on Facebook or on LinkedIn. We've got pages for successinsightpodcast.com. We are, we have a channel on YouTube. You can Visit us there as well as the podcast platforms Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So, lots of ways to listen to some great content, especially content that we are just producing for you today in this episode uh, with Vince rochopo So, like I say every episode, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Go out there, have a phenomenal day, practice social distancing, play it safe, keep your family safe, yourself safe, do what's right for everybody, and we hope we all come out of this better, and as Vince was saying, there's going to be a new normal. Hopefully, this new normal is better than perhaps we went into it with, and this is this uh, global crisis that we're in is certainly giving us an opportunity to rethink what matters most, so... Once again, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a phenomenal day and we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a
0: production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.